So then I was in this position where I had this great training. I powered through nine years of graduate training at prestigious universities, all of these accolades. Um, I found my husband along the way. We had this beautiful wedding. We bought a home. I have my dream career. And it was like, after all of these years of struggle, like this was supposed to be my happily ever after. Like this was it, like this was the lotto, right? Welcome to Winning the Divine Lottery podcast. This is an opportunity for you to discover your birthright, your inherent worthiness, You are more than enough to live the life your heart desires. You are truly worthy of it all. I'm your host, Amy Dons. Let's do the world a favor and step into ourselves fully so we can give others permission to do the same. episode is sponsored by locally owned and operated Anytime Fitness Regina, your small, friendly, community-filled gym that has a little something for everyone. At Anytime Fitness, you can work out anytime. Get 24-7 access to every location with your membership anywhere in the world. We have multiple memberships, including deals for students, healthcare workers, and emergency responders. Stay active this fall and give Anytime a try. Contact Lindsay for your free trial and personalized trainer session at 306-205-7220. Again, that's 306-205-7220. Welcome back and thanks for being here. This episode was off the charts. I get to speak with Loren and we covered what it's like to step out of the spiritual closet when you've worked really hard and struggled to obtain and achieve success and you arrive and then you realize you aren't happy. How to start listening and trusting your intuition and how this can completely transform your life and relationships. And then wait for it, the conversation pivoted in a whole new direction to speaking about what it's like to be a woman and acknowledging that almost all women, if not all women, have been hurt by another woman and that we crave sisterhood. And I literally had a spiritual breakthrough near the end. I am telling you the magic that can show up when you're vulnerable is real. Loren is just the soft space for things to happen like this. So it came as no surprise that there would be healing that happened and a shift in my perspective. Her sovereignty shines through and you can feel her presence is so gentle and welcoming. Lorraine Nara Peretti is an academic scientist turned intuitive life coach who has supported hundreds of individuals on their journeys to find purpose. As an intuitive coach, Lorraine is focused on helping clients bridge the gap between their inner desires and outer reality so they can create a life that is deeply aligned with who they truly are. Through combining her intuitive insights with science-backed strategies, Loren is able to quickly get to the heart of the matter, provide crystal clear guidance, and empower her clients to make more powerful transformations in their career, relationships, and so much more. 
Loren has been featured on Parents.com and Farage. She graduated with her PhD from the University of Illinois of Chicago and completed her postdoctoral fellowship at the University of Pennsylvania. Her work has been published in over a dozen academic journals. She is a certified sole purpose coach with specialized training in intuitive guidance, Akashic records, relational self-awareness, and somatic attachment therapy. We're just kind of soul sisters and on the same path. And I can't wait for you to just open up and share your story. I'm just going to hand that over to you if that's okay. And you can just begin and sharing how, however you want to share. Sure. Yeah. Well, thank you, Amy. You're so kind. Um, And it is such a gift to be here with you today. So thank you for also feeling the vibe that was between us. And I'm also just really excited to just let the magic unfold today. So such a great opportunity. Um, And yeah, so my name is Loren Nero-Peretti and I'm a former academic scientist turned intuitive life coach, and that's really the journey I'll be sharing with you today. Um, And it's been a pretty profound journey. The big overview is that I realized, I was at this point that I realized, despite having attained all of these conventional markers of success, that I felt this deep inner knowing for something more meaningful, something deeper in my life. Um, And on the journey, I did have to confront a lot of self-doubt, a lot of societal expectations um, to finally get me onto this path that feels really, truly aligned with me. So now as an intuitive coach, that's what my core mission is. My core mission really revolves around helping others to trust their own inner knowing um, and their own inner wisdom, because I firmly believe that each person has a really unique and powerful inner wisdom. And by connecting to it, that's when we really start to create lives that are truly aligned with who we are at our core lives that are aligned with who we truly want to be and what we came here to do. So my work with clients is really about um, helping them step into their power um, and breaking free from their limiting beliefs. And it's because I've been on that journey before. Um, So yeah, that's the big overview. You want me to just get into the weeds with it? Yeah. Like I want to, first of all, whatever brought you to academic scientist and then what was that that moment where you were like, there's mm. something more? Oh, that's so good. And I totally remember the moment. <laughs> because there's like, there's the moment, right? Yeah. But before the moment, there's always nudges and nickels and whispers right so so the moment um I remember it really really vividly I was um sitting in my car after a faculty retreat when I was on campus and it was our annual faculty faculty retreat and I get in the car and I just like can't start the car like I'm holding on to the steering wheel and I just like can't start the ignition and I'm just like looking out 
at the building that I had spent the last three years working in. And I got this really familiar lump in my throat. It's like, if you know the lump in your throat, you know the lump in your throat. And I had the lump in my throat. And I was looking at this like perfect idyllic campus with its manicured lawns and its marble buildings. Um, and I could hear the students and the professors, you know, hustling and bustling on campus. And it just felt so full of scholarly life. And I started to have memories of when I first stepped foot on that campus three years prior. And I was like, so bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. I was so excited and enthusiastic and had so much drive um, to go on this journey of becoming a professor at this university. And having those memories come back and looking at the campus, I just burst into tears. And I like getting emotional thinking about it because those tears were like, uh, they were such a relief mm -hmm. because it was like the truth was finally just coming out through my tears. And it was like this deep knowing that I, there was a truth in me that this was not the life that I wanted to live. Um, and it was a really hard truth to acknowledge, especially because the path to academia was was not easy for me at all. Um, I don't come from a family with um, people who had gone to college at all. Um, in fact, I'm a first-generation college student. Um, I come from a low-income Hispanic family, a lot of financial instability, um, a lot of moving, a lot of housing insecurity, food insecurity, all of it. Um, so the path leading to me finally being on the professor path at this university was not easy. And there were a lot of internal and external obstacles that I had to overcome. Um, so then I was in this position where I had this great training. I powered through nine years of graduate training at prestigious universities, all of these accolades. Um, I found my husband along the way. We had this beautiful wedding. We bought a home. I have my dream career. And it was like, after all of these years of struggle, like this was supposed to be my ha happily ever after. Like this was it. Like this was the lotto, right? Like yeah. this was the lottery, but I like couldn't deny it any longer that I was not happy and I was exhausted. And although everything looked like I checked all the boxes on, on the outside, on the inside, my life did not feel like that at all. Um, my family had once been very close knit and now it was really disintegrated after the loss of my father. My marriage was strained for sure my husband and I were cycling in and out of like whose career takes precedence at this time. And it was just mm -hmm. a constant cycle that left us utterly exhausted. Um, and the truth was we were both just running on empty and we were both really, really depleted. Um, so yeah, 
the moment was that moment sitting in my car and realizing that I couldn't quiet this this urge for something more, this urge for something different any longer. Um, I knew I wanted to change. And that was the moment where I was like, I'm not going to ignore this anymore. Right. Cause we talked about before the moment, there's all the whispers and all the <laughs> nudges and all the like desires that I just kept shoving down and swallowing down and talking myself out of. And it's like, mm. no, Loren, like you wanted this you wanted this. Like, why aren't you happy? Thinking it was like a me problem. Mm -hmm. And really it was just that I hadn't listened to that for so long. Um, and I knew I wanted something more. I wanted deeper connections with my family. I wanted my time to be spent in the places and with the people that it actually mattered. I wanted more freedom and flexibility in my life. Um, I just wanted to wake up each day literally like you and I talked about right before we jumped on this call where it just felt like god this is so exciting like this is my day and I love it and it's going to be guided and great and I just feel like I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be right like that's what I wanted had no idea how to get there but I knew I wanted it I was like I know I want this and I'm going to believe that that it's possible and I didn't really have a plan. So I just kind of stepped into the unknown and I knew that I had to lean on something. So I leaned on my love for spirituality and self-growth because that had been like the backbone of what had helped me make progress in my life for so many years. And it was always running in the background. And this time, instead of just leaning on that, I thought, well, what if I leaned on it and allowed that part to lead, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's part of me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I did. And it was a little scary, right? Because it was like the side of me that nobody had really seen. They'd seen my scientific gifts and all of that stuff, but nobody really knew about this spiritual side of me. Um, and as my mentor says, it was like, I stepped out of the spiritual closet and I just let it lead. Um, and I allowed myself to really sink my teeth into different trainings um, and intuitive development and soul purpose coaching, any sort of sacred knowledge I could get my hands on. And I just like let that side of me lead my life and come forth and start showing it to people and having conversations about it. It wasn't easy, but slowly, but surely my life started to transform. Um, and I'd say like within a year, my marriage had completely transformed and we were now rooted in a whole different level of love and accountability and authenticity. My family relationships healed and we learned how to support each other in different ways and I like slowly peeled the bandaid off on leaving academia. Um, and really that story means so much to me. And I, I think why I, why I feel that you and I are together to sort of talk about my story is for the people that you serve 
is it's just that reminder that it's like once you really start tuning in and trusting Mm -hmm. your inner wisdom like that's the key to unlocking everything right like that's when the magic begins to unfold um and I wish I had learned that earlier on like that trust piece right because it's like you hear it but like trusting it and stepping with it and I'm like what's on the other side of that is like beyond your dreams so yeah that's that's my story in a nutshell that is uh wow there's so much there's so many pieces there's so much gold in you sharing your story and I wanted to touch on when you were talking about how we receive the whispers and the nudges and those little impulses and I've experienced that too, before we actually like step into that fully and our truth and, and how we are being guided, like your moment in the car where it was just this, this release of tears, but it was a re it felt relief because you were recognizing that what you were calling in subconsciously was not where you currently were and so the relief of knowing that but also the oh my gosh now there's this whole unknown path in front of me and I think that's important to talk about because for people who aren't maybe in the in the same space or place or wouldn't even know where to begin or how to trust or how to um just even start like with that one little whisper and that one little nudge Mm -hmm. that brings me back into this space of, I always love being able to speak to if somebody was like brand new to this concept and this idea that we have something called intuition and we have our higher self or our soul, whatever you want to call it, that there is this, innate intelligence and power within us that is there for us on our behalf to actually lead us down the path of the greatest fulfillment in life. It took me also a really long time to get to that point. And once I was on that journey, um, just like you, it just snowballed. Like it was almost like this domino effect or, or a wave that coming kept coming in and coming out. Um, but to bring it back to people who maybe can feel that there's something more for themselves, but don't necessarily know how to trust that. Do you have any suggestions, advice maybe for somebody who's yeah. Who's, who's maybe scared of even stepping into the unknown. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's like two major things that come up for me as, as you're like putting that so beautifully. The first one is, I hate to put it this way because it sounds like you hear it all the time, but it's like the only way to really put it. It's like a remembering. Like there was a time when you were very young that you did trust your intuition, right? It was like, even as simple as like, Ooh, I want the orange crayon or, Ooh, I want the strawberry stickers. Like 
that was your intuition telling you like what would fill you up and what's going to make you happy and what's going to bring you joy, right? And then we get to this point where we stop tuning into it. So I think a part of it is just acknowledging that like, this is a part that was active in you at some point in your life. For many of us, it fades away and it's just sort of a reactivation. Um, so that's the first thing is like remembering that there was a point where you did trust in this and now it's just like trusting in it again. And the second part is for those people who are like, whoa, that seems really big. That seems really freaking scary. But like, I do feel like I do feel that little nudge, that little whisper, the little pulls to go this way or that way. My advice is always like, take, take it really, really small. So oftentimes when I'm talking to people, they're like, but I don't have the confidence to do that. Mm. And I'm like, you don't have to have the confidence to like, today in this moment, you don't have to have the confidence to leave your job or your marriage or your move to another country, right? Like today, just have the courage to say, huh, there's a part of me that is nudging me in a different direction, or there's a part of me that wants change, or there's a part of me that knows that my intuition is saying something and just have the courage to say, I'm going to listen to that, right? Like that was my first step. My first step wasn't like, whew, like I'm not a scientist anymore, right? Like my first step was like, I'm going to listen and that's it. Like, I think it can be as simple as that because like you said, like it snowballs. And for me and what I've seen in my life and others is that snowball starts when you have the courage just to say, I'm going to listen, right? Like I'm going to listen yeah. and sit with it for a few days, right? It's like, yeah. it's a shift because then it's like, okay, today I'm deciding I'm going to listen. And then you wake up tomorrow and you're like, I'm living a life where I'm listening. Maybe I'm not acting yet, but like I'm listening. And like, what am I hearing? What am I feeling? Right. And just living in that for a few days of like, I'm choosing to listen to this. And then when it's time to act, you'll know. Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much. It's so simple. Yeah. Maybe not easy when you're looking to make the switch from living one way and then focusing in a new direction with a new approach. But just having that focus of today, I'm going to listen, no, no matter what I experience, no matter what thoughts I have, no matter what sensations, you know, go through my body, I'm just going to make sure I pay more attention to what's happening on the inside of me, whether that's good or bad or however I'm judging it, just yeah. to start paying attention. For me, I just want to reiterate that because when I started to listen and it was energy medicine, that was like the caveat for me with mm. that. I started to listen so intently and started to understand because I was listening so intently. And then with understanding comes clarity. And then wow. with clarity comes 
open-mindedness and a cohesive heart. And we see things differently because our perception of Mm -hmm. ourselves, our reality, everything that's happening around us starts to shift and change. And this Mm -hmm. doesn't happen all at once. It's not an overnight thing. And in fact, I'd like to say that we go through this all the time. For me, I mean, just recently, like I say this all the time in the last three years, I went through similar to your car experience where I was already on the spiritual journey, but I reached this place of this isn't working for me anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm not as excited and I'm not as enthusiastic. What I'm currently doing or the way I'm currently doing it is not fulfilling me. Like there's something else. There's something more trying to birth through me and emerge, you know, from, from the sacredness inside of me. And that's what led me to podcasting. Yeah. I'm such a newborn baby at it right now. And I have that beautiful beginner's mindset, which is so exhilarating, right? Because I haven't developed an ego around it yet. Mm-hmm. Yet, because I understand how this works, right? Because sometimes the longer we do something, for example, I've been an artist for over a decade. When I first started that, because I'm an intuitive artist, I had no clue what I was doing. I wasn't a visual artist. I was just putting paint on a canvas and I would walk away and then I'd start to see images start to appear and I would get so excited. And I was like, well, what would happen if I brought that out to life? And I would see faces all the time. And now I have to constantly do the inner work of reigniting that within myself and bringing myself back to that space. Otherwise, yeah, I have developed an ego in my painting where it's trying to control the outcome, trying to make it something that people will like because people buy them from me now, right? So I just think it's such a beautiful process that we can go through this multiple times throughout our lives because we are truly meant to evolve always evolving, always expanding. I love that you said that once you were on this path, that it healed your relationships with your husband in your family. I've experienced that too. However, I am divorced and I was on my spiritual journey while my, my marriage was falling apart and we went our opposite ways. So it really warms my heart to know that yours was being, I don't know, held in a container of love and that you guys were able to come back together and really be this. And I got to be completely honest with you about it because it didn't, it wasn't like a unknown. It wasn't like a given. It wasn't like, okay, Loren's going to let her spiritual flag fly and we're going to be all good. And this is going to heal everything. Right. It was actually, I was so nervous, right? Like I was like, holy moly, like my husband knows I'm spiritual, but like, he doesn't know all of this stuff. Right. 
And we were at a point where we both weren't always sure if we were going to make it right. Like if our relationship would lead to us being together or us going our separate ways, we didn't know that at the time when things were really hard for us. And for us, part of the healing was me just owning the fact that I wanted something different for my life. And going back to your previous question about like, how does somebody do that? And how we talked about even just like tuning in and listening and putting on that perspective. I think we could even go one step before that. And it's just owning that you want change, like just live a day owning the fact that you want to change in your life. And when I started to own that, had no idea. I had no idea what it would do to my marriage, right? I w- It wasn't like, I'm going to like do this and husband's going to be there cheering me on every second of the day. You know, it was like, we got to see. And I had to do a ton of internal work um, on my own. And in doing that, It wasn't like we had this plan of like, I'm going to go over here and do my work. You go over there and do your inner work and we'll come together and everything will be great. But it is how it unfolded. It was like, I started doing my inner work. The way I showed up in our relationship started to change. The way he showed up started to change. I honestly still to this day, I'm like, I don't know what your inner work thing program you're doing is. I don't know what it is, but you're it's great. It's working for you. (laughs) It's working for our marriage. Mm -hmm. So just to be completely honest about that, it was like, I had to own the fact that I wanted to change and not know for sure what that would mean for any of my relationships at all. Um, But I honestly believe that relationships are our greatest portals for self-growth and the way that you show up influences the way that they show up. And sometimes the healing path is a path that you'll continue down together. And sometimes healing is going your separate ways, but there's no hierarchy of healing with with whatever the sort of outcome of that relationship. But yeah, I was, you know, I mean, like even thinking about it, like there are mornings where I just wake up and I'm like, gosh, babe, I'm so freaking proud of us. Like, whoa, like the freaking transitions that we've navigated together. Um, it's been beautiful and really, really hard. Um, and I really think again, just like listening to that inner knowing and just knowing that I wanted to change and, and owning that that would change our relationship in some way was just pivotal. Like it just, it was a must for our relationship. Yeah. Well, I want to acknowledge you because I think that's something to be proud of a hundred percent, 111%. Let's, (laughs) let's use my one, one, one. I love it. Yeah. It, when I listen to you, because I have such this deep conviction of love in my heart and I've experienced divine love, just being by myself. I have wild stories that I know what kind of love is possible. And so when I hear a story like that, where two individual people chose to do the inner work and this was how it unfolded and the end result was 
this beautiful relationship that you both ended up showing up to differently and it served you and it served your marriage. That's so beautiful. And I understand that not, that doesn't happen for everybody, but I really truly want to acknowledge that because I also think it gives people hope that Mm -hmm especially if you're stepping onto a new unknown, uncertain path. And like you said, just claiming that for yourself, claiming that I want change and being okay with not knowing that uncertainty and don't get overwhelmed because you don't know. I always have this energy that comes through me. Sometimes my mind goes completely blank and I know it's when I don't know what's coming next. And I just open myself up to possibility. And I just allow for whatever needs to drop in to drop in. And so I've tried on my own to take that and apply it to any time I step into uncertainty or the unknown in my life as well, which is really every day of every moment, but we're just conditioned to believe that everything has to stay the same based on our habits and belief systems and behaviors, but truly to acknowledge, just to acknowledge that you had that moment in the car and you said yes to that. And you continue down this path. And I'm sure, well, I know you've helped hundreds and hundreds of people Tell me about that. What's that like for you being on the other side of sitting with somebody and Mm. guide them on their path? What's that like for you? Gosh, it's such a beautiful question and it's such a beautiful experience. Um, I always tell my clients we are co-creating this, right? So it's like just as much as they're showing up for guidance, I'm receiving just as much from them and I'm learning from their journeys. Um, But I think the number one thing that my sessions really revolve around um, is bringing people back into their power. Mm. And it's like, I have this detector and it's like, like they're just (laughs) telling me what's going on. And it's like, I can't help but notice all the times when they've stepped away, they've stepped out of themselves. They're talking themselves out of something um, and just bringing them back to it and constantly bringing them back to it. Because like you were describing before, it's not a one-time thing, right? Like, yes, there was a moment in the car where I had to own that. I wanted to change and I had to step into my power to claim that and to make that happen. But that's not a one-time thing, right? It's like, we are constantly, constantly having to like course correct and get ourselves back on the same path. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think I come into my sessions and work with my clients with that understanding that like, this is a constant and Because for myself, such an important part of my journey was um, really surrounding myself with other, in particular, women who were um, committed to their own self-growth and were on this spiritual journey, um, who trusted their inner knowing 
and trusted my own inner knowing, right? It's like they had so much trust in their inner knowing that they didn't even question my inner knowing. And surrounding myself with that, being coached by women like that was such a huge part of my journey that for me, doing the work that I do today is all focused on paying it forward and also knowing that like this is like it's keeping the blood flowing right it's like me doing this and showing up in this way yeah so I think for me now being on the other side of it I just view it as keeping the circulation going right because it's like I will always need to to connect with people who will remind me of who I am and to bring me back into my power. And I will constantly do that with my clients. So for me, it just feels like it's part of, it's part of the circulation and it's really just magical, magical to see people expand and be so open-hearted I think that's the biggest part of it the open-heartedness and honesty during sessions which gets back to that very first bit of like if you can own that you want change and you can start to take ownership of these things and open your heart to that and just keep showing up in that way it's like the biggest thing that I talk about with my clients is just like having an open heart and really owning what you want. Um, Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's such a gift. Like it's just such a gift to be on the other side of it. It just feels so grounding and yeah, like a true gift. And it feels like there's such a devotion to it. Right. It's like, I've worked clinically. I've worked as a scientist it felt like I was showing up and making a difference, but that difference was so, so distal to me, so downstream, but showing up in front of a client, that impact feels like there's a pulse to it, right? Like you can feel it in the sessions. You can feel the changes happening and the shifts happening and the possibilities expanding and the desires growing. And it's just like, it keeps you in the flow. It just keeps you in the flow. So it's honestly just such a, such a gift to do it. I love that so much. I feel the same way. I always have. Um, It's, it's a constant exchange of giving and receiving Mm -hmm. for sure. And, and it is, I feel like it's even a partnership. Yeah. It's a sacred partnership happening, you know, between two human beings and two souls Mm -hmm. because truly we're still experiencing our own growth. Absolutely. You know, we, we haven't arrived. Yeah. We continue to grow and we're just able to be guiding lights for certain people. And we, I agree with you that having people in our corner and people to remind us of who we truly are is so incredible and important. I felt coming up for me, I'm going to be vulnerable here for a second. Um, I've found it more challenging to connect with a group of women one-on-one, but a group of women who um, are on a similar path. And I don't know, well, I actually do know that comes from my childhood, (laughs) 
I shouldn't say I don't know. I do know that comes from my childhood. Um, but I did have this one moment where I was in a woman's circle and I was standing in the center and everybody just came and put their hand on me somewhere. And it was just this receiving exercise, like just receiving touch and intimacy from another woman, a sister. And it was this one particular woman who came and didn't just put a hand on me, but she somehow maneuvered her way through all these women and wrapped her arms like around my, my whole side. Mm -hmm. And I burst into tears. Yeah. It was like my nervous system and my body knew that that's what I needed to welcome in. Mm. And I've often, I think, craved that sisterhood since then. I don't even know where I want to go with this, but I want some of that. <laughs> like, I feel like yeah. this beautiful beacon of light and even the way you speak and how you hold this calm presence and energy in this conversation is so incredibly beautiful and I know some people who grow up with like sisters this is just natural for them I grew up with a brother it wasn't really natural for me do you know what I mean yeah yeah I totally feel you and I feel like that conversation has been so present in my life recently of like people saying I'm craving sisterhood I'm mm -hmm. craving sisterhood and I love that powerful story you shared and I was covered in goosebumps as you said she mm -hmm. like put her armor on the side of you and just like just feeling this like firm warm like supportive touch right and how mm -hmm. that can just be so moving um and I love when those moments happen right and I think sometimes when we talk about that craving for sisterhood, or even if we're just thinking about it, that's exactly what we're imagining, right? We're imagining a woman's circle and all these women together and sharing and supporting and crying and laughing. And when that can happen, it's beautiful and it's magical. And if you can find that in your life, find it for sure. And I also think that sisterhood could show up in so many different ways, right? So it's like me and you here today, I feel the same way. I'm like, this is sisterhood, right? Like mm -hmm. even just in those one-on-one -on -one conversations, they're sisterhood, right? Like we can't underestimate just those interactions, right? Like I was at the grocery store the other day and I'm like unloading my groceries on the belt to check out. And this older woman comes up behind me and I just like felt a warmth when she walked up, you know, how somebody just has like a good vibe. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, Ooh, and then she's like, Oh, you're so cute. And I was like, Oh, I was just thinking how warm you were. And then we just got into this whole conversation Aww. and it's like, that is sisterhood, right? Like it's right there at the grocery store. Like it's, yeah. it's there for us. Um, and I think it's just about really creating 
those moments and really how you started our whole conversation on sisterhood was you said, I'm going to be vulnerable here for a second. Right. And I think that's, that's the ticket to it. It's just like, are you going to be vulnerable? Right. Like the woman in the grocery store was like, I'm just going to tell this girl in front of me, I'm cute. And I'm like, I'm just going to tell her, I think she's warm. Right. (laughs) She could have thought I was crazy. What do you mean? I'm warm. Um, but like that little bit of vulnerability just to connect. And I think it's there. I think it's, it's there for us. Um, and I, to be totally honest, my default of like, when I'm down in the dumps, when I'm in the thickety thick of things, when things are hard, my default is definitely to like, shut the door, be by myself, not respond to text messages, like turn off that sisterhood. That is my default. And like you, it's in like direct conflict with what I say when I'm not in the deep dark of it. Right. It's like, I want the sisterhood, but then in those moments, it's like shut down, close Mm -hmm. off and go inward. So that's a constant practice for myself is understanding myself and my needs enough to know when does Loren need some time to just like let her tears out and comfort herself and when is it time to just like peek through the cracks of my heart and say is anybody there yeah (laughs) I could use some love right now like Mm -hmm. I'm in a really bad place I just want to talk you know or whatever it is or even just to send a text message like to just open myself up a little bit and that that is a constant practice for me because I mean for decades now I've been like oh pain I'm gonna go hide in my room myself right right and it's like well it's in that exact moment is when you could use the sisterhood the most yeah Yeah. Or anybody that's that you love for that matter. But I love, I really, truly love how you reminded me that this is sisterhood. I actually had a moment when you said that I was like, wow, there's some new awareness for you, Amy, that you can actually create sisterhood in this way. Yeah. So thank you for saying that. Oh, I'm like, truly. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, I feel like I just want to acknowledge you. If I could reach through the, the screen and hug you right now, I would. And and the grocery store, because little things like that have happened to me. I just never had the perception that that could be sisterhood. Yeah. And for me as a woman, I know my heart craves that because I know how important it is for me to acknowledge that I am a woman. Yeah. And that I have womanly needs and sometimes I need to vent. Sometimes I I just want somebody else there to listen. And sometimes I also want to be the generous giver and what can I do for you? Or let's go out and have some fun. And that that can be found in the grocery store. Like you just really put things into perspective for me. So Thank you for that. And I'm sure if you put that into perspective for me, then people listening can also realize that we can create sisterhood, that we don't have to go to like a woman's circle for that. Mm -hmm. Although if you ever can experience one for sure, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the authentic, I think that's part of the listening that comes into play too, because now, now what I felt 
literally open up in my heart was I'm going to listen now mm. from a place of where can I create sisterhood? Where can I create more sisterhood in my life? Yeah. So I, yeah. I know that I had to bring that up and we cut the, we cut the part out, but I had a big cough attack right before that happened. And I was like, okay, you just needed to say it, Amy. You just need to clear that out and, and say that. So yeah, I, yeah. And you are such like, I can like, because just being in your presence, um, like, I just want to acknowledge what you're saying and like, it's like you are already creating sisterhood. It's just the, I think the only change that I brought to your awareness is just like taking it in as sisterhood, right? Because yeah. you're already creating it. Like you're already, like this is who you are and what you do and the way that you show up. Like it is so obvious and so present and it's just like receiving it, right? It's just like receiving your creation of like, the sisterhood that you bring to people and just acknowledging yourself for it really you're right and and I hear this need of other people as we're having this conversation and it unfolds in this direction is women especially have been so hurt by other women mm. I mean that's inevitable and we can close ourselves off in in romantic relationships because of hurt. Bear with me because I'm just having this like spiritual breakthrough moment on this Love podcast. Love it. Is, I don't think, I think part of this is even acknowledging the fact that we've actually experienced hurt from other women and then going, hold on a second, but I'm still a woman, like I'm a full woman mm -hmm. and I'm continuing to step into the fullness of who I am and express that from a place of reverence and grace and authenticity. Mm -hmm. So I feel, I feel so much energy right now. Like I feel this rising from within of this sovereignty coming to the surface yeah. And trying to find words right now to say, that's okay that I've experienced hurt with other women now to claim and acknowledge that there's still sisterhood available. There is still mm -hmm. women who are just like you and I, who are doing their best and on the spiritual journeys. I see it as like becoming this magnet for new ways of experiencing woman to woman sisterhood that bond connection to the point where this is so new for me right now Loren that I mm -hmm. I know I'm rambling and that's okay because I can't even find words for what I'm feeling right now I think that I think that's exactly like I, I think that's the point of sisterhood right? Like it's sisterhood is the space where you can ramble that you don't have your thoughts together that you're scared, but you don't know what you're scared of, but you say you're scared anyway. Right. Like, mm 
that's it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Do you want to just repeat all that? Like, I want to take that in even more deeply. I think that's the point of sisterhood because it, it, it is the space, right? The space to ramble, the yeah. space to talk about your hopes and fears, to say you're scared, even though you don't know what you're scared of. Like, that's what sisterhood is, you know, like there's no agenda to it. It's just because we're here together and you can ramble. That's our sisterhood, you know? It's like, there's already that built in understanding and compassion. Yeah. Because we get the rambling and we get not having our thoughts all together. Right. And in all honesty, when you were rambling, I wasn't even like, oh, she's rambling. I was like taken in every word of it, right? It's like, that's why we're here, you know? Like, it's why we're here. This is a moment that I would call a DL moment. This is like a divine lottery moment for me, a God Mm. moment, Um, because I couldn't have planned this. I couldn't have asked for this. Yeah, yeah. To have it happening live right now actually is one of the most beautiful brilliant things ever and truly in this moment if I were by myself having this experience I would have just allowed myself to feel what I was feeling and the energy but here I am trying to give it a voice when I I haven't fully integrated it yet and that's real that happens Mm -hmm. like that happens in real life where we have Mm -hmm. these visceral divine experiences and we feel the energy of it and then it's a a little bit later where we can then put that into words and share that story and what that was and that will come later I know that I know I'll be sending you a message going oh my gosh Yeah. yeah yeah I love that. I love that. And you hit on something that I feel like has different angles to it, right? I I don't, I've heard Glennon Doyle use this term and I don't know whose term it is, but they call it packaged vulnerability, right? Mm. Where it's like, that's what you're talking about, the processing. Later you'll have words and descriptions and you can really have this intellectual view of what happened, right? And I think it's beautiful because right here, you're like, I don't have that right now. Like I am just putting the words as they come to me, as I experience, and it's really raw and vulnerable. And this is in like such a beautiful context, right? And then you'll go out and you'll package it up and then you'll have like a way to communicate it differently later in life, right? And I think for a long time, I wasn't allowing sisterhood in because of exactly what you're talking about, because I was waiting till I had my vulnerability all packaged up with the prettiest bow I could find. And then I could go to my friends and say, this is what happened to me. And then this happened. And I know it happened because of this and we're all good now. Don't even worry about it. You know? And it's like, well, how freaking boring is that? And how like not vulnerable and like, I cannot feel a single emotion of hers or mine. You know, it's very like sterile in a lot of ways. Um, so I just love 
your processing around your processing. And I think there's so many, so many angles to come at it from. And that's really been one that I have been, that I continue to work on just as a woman and as a partner and in all of my relationships. And of course, you know, you have the discernment around when it's safe to do that and when it's not. Um, but for those relationships and those spaces and that those containers that have the capacity for that to like, I'm learning to step into that capacity, right? Like that's part of my power as a woman is to step into my vulnerability and not have it packaged up and just let it be wild. Step into my vulnerability and not have it packaged up and let it be wild. That could be a course, right? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, come on. Mm -hmm. It's a constant, constant practice, I think. You have reminded me of who I used to be and who I'm becoming in a totally different way. Vulnerability was my superpower at one point. And then through that transition time I went through, I I almost shut that down. I put a, I put a lock on that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I had reached this point where I think I was just so heartbroken Mm. that for me to be vulnerable when I was so brokenhearted, I I didn't have the capacity to hold yeah. that container anymore for myself. Yeah. And I'm just now, like recently since May, and it continues to evolve, understand why I had to go through mm-hmm. that transition period. Mm-hmm. And this moment with you has been so... This has been so gifted. I said to you at the beginning, there's going to be something, but I had no idea that it was going to be something in my heart that needed to be seen, that needed to come to the surface because I would be talking to you, Loren, who is this vibrant beacon of light, who is a sister and a woman and a wife. Are you a mother? Just to my doggie. (laughs) doggy mom it's it's your energy and your presence and it was a safe place yeah yeah thank you so much for being a safe place because as a woman I know how important that is I might cry it's so important I was saying this to myself yesterday and actually this morning too that I am worthy of feeling safe and rested in my body, in my life, in who I am, in all my circumstances, and especially inside relationships. Yeah. Yeah. So beautiful. You put that so beautifully. And I feel like not only, you know, you said it was a part of you that needed to be seen. I think it happened between us because it serves both of us, right? Like it serves me in so many ways too, to be able to express, to be able to see you, to have you see parts of me. Like it is such a co-creation and such a two-way street. You know, it truly, truly is. And really, Amy, we have you to thank for creating this space for us today. You know, like that's you. 
Thank you. (laughs) I feel like on this note that this is a perfect segue to bring this to a close. I would love to ask you, when you hear winning the divine lottery, Mm. what comes up in your heart for you? Oh gosh. You know, I think it's such a great name and I was, I've been thinking a lot about it. Actually, you didn't even tell me you were going to ask this question, but like the past few days, I'm like divine lottery, like such a cool name. And what comes up in my heart is like, it is divine. And it's also like, it's divinely created, right? Like, it's like, there's this aspect of creation to the lottery that I think makes it a little bit more fun than just like picking your numbers and winning, right? It's like, oh gosh, what are those? Like, choose your own adventure, right? It's Mm. sort of a choose your own adventure lottery that there's this aspect of creation and showing up and being vulnerable and and finding your sisters and your soulmates and and all of that stuff where it's like a creation of your lottery, right? And it's like different stages and that's what comes up for me. I love that. I'm asking everybody that I interview that and I... I don't know why, but after hearing your answer, and I said this prior to that winning the divine lottery is just going to keep evolving and growing as it should. And your answer was, it just added to that. Like it just became more fruitful and abundant. So thank you. I love that. I love that. Thank you, Amy. This has just been like, oh. It's just such a gift. Like, I don't have any other words to describe it. Just such like a true, true gift. The absolute best part of my day. I mean, I felt like I've just been like sitting on your couch and getting a big old hug from you and having a mug of tea. So thank Mm. you for creating this podcast and for everything that you're doing. It's absolutely beautiful. And I'm so happy to be a part of it right back at you. I would love to ask you where people can find you. I mean, come on, like who wouldn't want to work with you just to experience your energy? You're so kind. So my website is lorenphd.com. So it's L-A-R-E-N-P-H-D.com. And then I'm also on Instagram at loren.phd. Those are the main places to find me and all my services and all my collaborations with Amy and yeah. Perfect. I love it. Thank you so much for being here. I Mm. I feel honored and my cup is definitely overflowing. Me too. Thank you, Amy. Here's today's winning takeaways. Acknowledging you want change and speaking that into existence is your superpower. That gives you ownership that you want change. Take it small. Small steps lead to big changes. Relationships are the greatest portals for self-growth. There's no hierarchy of healing. And sisterhood is available everywhere. And you have the power to create it in the most mundane, simple places. Thanks so much for joining me here today. I hope you loved this episode and enjoyed all the great takeaways. 
please subscribe to my podcast and leave me a review. I would love to hear your feedback. And do go ahead and share this with family and friends so that we can all be inspired to winning the divine lottery. Hop on over to my Instagram at amydawns1111 for more daily inspiration. We'll see you soon.